Welcome to the Chabad Around the World podcast. My name is Mandy Bressinger, and I'll be your host, taking you on an adventure every single week. Together, we'll fly out to remote places around the world to meet up with the Chabad emissaries, hear about their stories, their daily activities, and the inspiration that keeps them going on a daily basis. Welcome to our show. How are you? Thank God. Thank God. Wonderful to be here on this early morning. Get me out of bed for, well, it's worth it. It's worth it to get out of bed for this. Um, Fantastic. Right, what, so, what time is it by you now? No, it's, it's not that early. It's not that early. It's, it's, it's 930. <laughs> but, uh, I've been up for a while. Fantastic. So Rabbi Betty, let's let's start off with getting to know you a little bit. Tell us a, a bit about your own background, your upbringings, your Montreal connection, and uh, then we'll kind of flow from there into your place of Schlichos, where you are now in Las Cabos. So um, I'm going to get a little light on here, if that helps. I don't know. But uh, so basically, I'm, I'm, I'm born and bred in uh, Montreal and grew up in the box called the Montreal Jewish community. Hello. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I grew up in the Montreal Jewish community called, um, called, uh, well, I, sorry, my train of thought. I grew up in Montreal in the closed box called the Montreal Lubavitch community. Uh, very happily grew up there. Uh, I didn't know about the warmth and the beach and the heat and, uh, coming to Cabo, that was one of the selling points that, uh, it was a whole new world. There's different types of people, interesting people. It's a tourist city. So you get to meet the most fascinating people. You get to hear the most fascinating stories, different cultures that converge here in this city. And it was a chance for me not only to, to share a little bit of what we grew up with, you know, the, the treasures, the Hasidic treasures, the Jewish knowledge that we grew up with, and that beautiful culture that so many people are lacking, unfortunately. But more for me, it was a chance to really um, open up my mind and get to see other personalities, other cultures, other ways of thinking, and bring them into consideration and try to find a place where where all of us are, are, are united as one. And that's very, very special. We, it's a new experience every single Shabbat. There's always different people that come around the Shabbat table. And it's always very, very exciting. We look forward to every Shabbat, every time someone else comes to the center. It's a new opportunity for us to learn and to grow. Beautiful. Wow. Sounds like a beautiful place. So tell us how you got from Montreal, as you said, the closed Lubavitch community, uh, which I'm part of, I guess. Uh, how did you get from there to Las Cabos, Mexico, of all places? So, <laughs> so that it was about you know, growing up in this in, the, in 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 this in this in the community. We're brought up with the lessons and teachings and inspiration of the Rebbe, which is if you learn Aleph, if you learn Bet, you got to teach Aleph and you got to teach Bet. It's we don't have we don't have the right to sit in the comfortable uh, confines of our community. Um, and let, you know, let other Jews who don't yet know about the wealth of their heritage just to fester in their lack of knowledge and in their, in their, in their lack of direction in life. It's our duty to go out and to share that with the world. So that was my inspiration growing up. And I always knew that I was going to, I wanted to go share it. I wanted to be part of this army of Shluchim. You know, you watch the kinos, you watch the convention, you watch the group, you, want, you, you see the happiness, you see the joy on their faces. They're radiating and they're literally changing the world. And you, you, you want to be a part of that in some way. To me, the, the, the most powerful moment, I got married in 2007. 
And probably the, the, the moment that, that, that just pushed me off the cliff to say, okay, we're doing this, weirdly, was when, uh, was when Gabi and Rifki Holtzberg from Mumbai were, were brutally you know, murdered during that terrorist attack. I believe it was in 2000, late 2008, I'm going to say. Uh, I think it was in 2008. And I was married for about a year and a half, and I told my wife, you know, that's it. I, 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 there's so much meaning in, 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 in living with, with such a passion that you're ready to give up your life for something. You know, something was pulling me there. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's something dark or something light. I, I don't know what it was, but I wanted to be a part of this, of this army. And so we made a push and we, we discovered a little city at the south of Mexico. A rabbi in Tijuana called me up and uh, there was this little community that he had helped start in 2003 and Cabo is really a, a, a new city. It only, you know, you had the hippies that discovered this, this gem of a town. It was a little fishing village with some, I don't know, three or 4,000, you know, villagers. Uh, they had a little tuna cannery at the end, and that was basically it. And you had these hippies that used to come down on their, on their RVs. There was good surfing, and there was nobody here. There was no paved roads. And they used to show up, and they, you know, this started in the 70s. In the 90s, or late 80s, that's when Hollywood started to discover that two-hour flights from L.A., you have this gorgeous, gorgeous, spectacular desert meets the ocean, very, very good weather, beautiful views, and it's so serene. And these huge celebrities and these huge developers started to pour millions and millions of dollars and bring the city you know, out. So that was the late 80s, the mid-90s. They, the, they started building, or the early 90s, they started building the marina, and it really showed up on the map. So you had a couple of Jewish guys, you know, from the first, from the first comers to this new city, you had a couple of guys in early 2000, a few Jewish guys were gathering together. You know, they came, they opened up businesses, they were very successful and they had started families and they were gathering together to, uh, you know, to, to, to celebrate Passover, Rosh Hashanah, different holidays, different Shabbats, whatnot. And one of them had a friend who was a businessman, one, one of them had a partner who was a businessman from Tijuana, very, very successful guy. Uh, one of the most powerful Jewish people in the country of Mexico, and he was in town. And this Jewish guy said to him, you know, would you consider helping a Jewish community to start? And uh, he said, sure. You know, he had apparently his inspiration, very interestingly, was he had been at the Yad Vashem in Jerusalem. And at the end of Yad Vashem, there's a room that has a, 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 the map of Europe. And wherever there used to be a Jewish community, they have a little light, like a little LED light. And it, it goes through a timeline of the 30s and you or the 20s and the 30s and you watch Judaism thrive. All the lights are illuminated. And then it gets to the late 30s as the war starts and you start seeing lights start to fade and start to shut out. And that was basically different Jewish communities that were, that were decimated by the Holocaust. And eventually you get to 1944, 45, the end of the war. And, and you know, and, and, and Europe is, there, there's nothing left of the Jewish communities. And then after you start seeing the lights start up again, as Jewish community started to be revived, and, and, and he first, this, this was something that really, really touched him to his core, and he made it his business. He said, whenever I get an opportunity to start a community, to put an, add another light to the map of the world, I want to take it. So this guy offered him, he said, you want to start a community in, in Cabo? So he uh, said, let's try. He brought down the Chabad rabbi of Tijuana. They came for a Shabbat, or they came for a Passover. They brought their matzah balls. They brought their chicken soup. They bought, they brought everything. They, they were figuring 25, 30 people, you know, it, it should be, that's a nice generous expectation. And over 120 people showed up to the first Seder. This was back in 2003. So my, my you know, the, the rabbi in Tijuana, he says he, 
they were cutting matzo balls into quarters because, you know, everybody had to get something. You can't, what's Passover without a matzo ball? So, you know, it was just, and, and they were like, this is amazing. Like, what, this, is, this is a Jewish community. So this fellow from Tijuana laid down the seed money and the Chabad rabbi started coming to Cabo every six weeks. He would fly to Cabo. He brought his sidurim, his talitot, you know, a little bit of food, and they would do Shabbats. And he did that for three and a half years. And uh, then they wanted to go solo. They, they said, you know, we're, we're sort of ready to, try out uh, a community solo. There was another guy who came down for a, a while. It didn't really work out. And then, uh, and that was, this is in 2008. And I'm actively looking, I'm pursuing, looking for a place. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm living in Crown Heights. I'm living right in the middle of the bubble, um, busting to get out, trying to get out and, you know, really make something of myself. And I get this call at the end of 2008. Um, it was the last weekend of 2008, and I and he said, can, can, "Can I fly you and your wife and your baby boy down to Cabo? We want to uh, we want you to consider the city." And we came down for Shabbat. There were 65 people sitting around the Shabbat table. They took me scuba diving Sunday morning, so that was a that was a good seller. And uh, and then we decided, you know, it it it, it 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 seems like it was all fun and games, and it was all you know beautiful and, and and exciting. But to be honest, you know, when we sat down after Shabbat, we sat down. This was before we took the job. We sat down with the with some of the members of the community and they showed us this paper. And there's 120 members of the community. We had 65 guys at the Shabbat table. There's 30 kids for my wife. There was a one of the must-haves, the non-negotiables was we have to have a place where there's education for our kids. So uh, we 30 kids, if, if, if five of them, if 10 of them sign up for a school, we have a Jewish school right there. So we come home, we talk it over, we're so excited. And we, we show up in March of 2009, three months later, we show up uh, with, our, with our little baby. My wife is pregnant with the second. We come, we settle down. Okay, let's start the school. Uh, okay, so how many of the 30 kids are actually halachically Jewish, you know, because it's, it's a Jewish school. We take a look and... Cabo gave us Cabo the 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 uh, the uh, culture of Cabo or the situation of Cabo before we came was such that unfortunately from thirty kids who are considered halachically Jewish only three of them were halachically Jewish so there went our plans for a Jewish school okay that's going to take a long time we're going to work on that and we figured a couple of years from now we'll have a thriving Jewish school it's over twelve years now we're still waiting for the school we have a school we call it the Hershkowitz School uh, we got Rebbe Tati and Moramami. And that's the faculty. And we, uh, my kids, uh, hopefully are not going to come of that too traumatized. But that's, uh, that's, that's what we've been doing for the last 12, 13 years. Uh, then we use 65 guys around the table. Again, we realized, you know, it's beautiful. It was, we were blown away on the first Shabbat. It was a first impression. But once it starts coming down to, you know, we're bringing in all this kosher chicken and kosher meat. And when it's not cheap. And we're serving it. We're like, wait a second. Of the 65 people, how many of these guys are actually Jewish? You know, who am I? Who, whose mouths am I feeding? And we take account, and there's like, you know, there's maybe there's maybe 12 of them who are actually halachically Jews. The, the other ones were like, you know, I love the Mexicans, but uh, you know, just guys that are coming on free chicken. Why not free chicken, tacos, delicious food, Shabbat meal? They're bringing their ex-mother-in-laws and this and that. Their whole family. There's mishpachas of 15 guys. None of them are Jewish. They all have like some, you know, 18 generations back. They maybe was in Spain. They had a Jewish. Somebody didn't eat pig in the family, so they're somehow related, which is all nice and good. But you're eating my chicken, so uh, <laughs> we had to clean up shop a little bit. We had to fix things up a little bit, and uh, it took some time. And we realized that. It wasn't as bubbly as we thought it was. 
we went through a good first uh, first two or three years that uh, we were really on the wall. My wife was, you know, just uh, that, that was a non-negotiable for her. In her all her life, she told herself as a child, she's never, ever going to teach. That's one thing she's not going to do. She'll make potato latkes. She'll make kugel. She'll do whatever you want. But she's not teaching. And there she is, a teacher every day of the week. You know, just uh, and and. Uh, we do our best, you know, the Rebbe throws us into things and that's what soldiers do. So we, uh, we try, we try to keep smiling. <laughs> wow. And, and uh, for those that don't know, Rabbi Benny is a out of the box rabbi. And I, I'm going <laughs> to share with, I'm going to share with all of you his YouTube channel oh, uh, yeah, yeah. because we're just going to get a taste of it today. There's a few uh, videos, uh, a few minute videos I want to share with the, with our zoom over here, just to give a taste of what Rabbi Benny has pulled off in those 12 years but I think that, that that itself is is a beautiful lesson that we could walk away with today. Is some you know we get excited and you, you actually got there and it turned out to be not so exciting and yet you're still there with passion, excitement, joy, and 12 years later smiling and you'll see everyone will see the videos that you put out. Uh, what kind of joy uh, you have there with all the uh, I guess the downs or the you know expectations that failed. Yeah, you know, you, you, you know, you know, there's this stereotype that Chabad rabbis drink, you know, as opposed to other other sects of Judy of, 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 of Orthodox Jews. When you come and live in a place like this, you know, it's almost like, well, what else am I going to do? You know, whatever. I'm, it's a joke. You I mean, don't drink. But you, you mean the uh, the what's what's that drink they drink on the uh, Mexican beach? What's the Corona's the cervezas <laughs> mezcal? All right. Anything. <laughs> so let me let me share uh, with the screen with everybody just to give a little bit of a taste. Um, and actually, be, before we pull up the video, uh, it's, it's uh, very uh, beautiful uh, and meaningful that you mentioned uh, Rabbi Gabi and Mifti Holtzberg which, as your inspiration for going out on Shlichot on the, uh, to be an emissary, a Chabad Lubavitch emissary to some remote place in the world. Um, many of us, have, I'm sure, have heard of, of the story of the Chabad Shluch and the Chabad emissaries to Mumbai, India, who were brutally murdered in a terrorist attack in 2008, I believe it was, you, yeah, as you said. And actually, uh, I don't know if you realize, Rabbi Benny, but their yard site, it was actually Rosh Chodesh Kislev, if I remember correctly, which we just uh, had, we just marked uh, a few days ago. So we're just actually within the, the week of marking their their yard site, the day of their passing, um, just, just uh, two, three days ago. So very important to mention that and beautiful to see what they inspired and how much they, how much, how much their life still continues in Jewish life in Cabo of all places. So let's see what Jewish life is like in Cabo. I'm going to share the screen here with you. There we go. Found it there. Uh, this is Rabbi Benny's YouTube channel, Benny Hershkowitz. Uh, you can check it out yourselves. Everyone can take a look. There's oh, yeah, plenty yeah, of yeah. videos here to keep you entertained. Uh, I actually, I'm not going to show you. Uh, these videos, but towards the bottom here, you have Rabbi Benny's hilarious Torah thoughts, which I was a teacher in school in Brooklyn and Crown Heights as well a few years back. And every single week, I was assistant teacher. Every single week, the main teacher would show the class Rabbi Benny's hilarious Torah uh, video as the Dvar Torah of the week. And I was on the floor every single week. This was a, a great dosage of, of humor uh, and meaning all packed in one, which Rabbi Benny put on for quite a while with your wife and your children, you had the whole family involved giving over a Torah thought in, in, in just three to five minutes. That just makes you laugh so much. So definitely uh, worth checking out. But here I have uh, a video of the 
Hanukkah. You know, Hanukkah is coming up. Wanted to show this a, a minute and a half video uh, with a little bit of a this YouTube. This the world's first reusable preview. cotton swab. But we'll skip that here. It removes up to five. There we go. All right. Wow. Wow. Talk about Jewish pride in Mexico. That's an incredible, incredible taste of what's going on. Tell us a little bit about the, of the background of that Hanukkah event in 2019. Uh, you know, beautiful Jewish pride in display. In, tell us where it was, what, how it came about, and what, what's going on there. Well, so we, uh, as every Chabad guy does, we, we have to, we, you have to have, you know, the status of your Chabad rabbi is in question if you don't have a giant menorah in the center of town. <laughs> so right away, we had to have the biggest and best menorah. Um, we, call, we, 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 we have the uncontested title of the mo world's most beautiful menorah on display right in the middle of Cabo, right in the heart, on the marina, outside the main shopping mall. And uh, for the last uh, 12 years now, we've been lighting a menorah. We, uh, uh, I had a local artist come and we had a custom-made menorah made in Guadalajara, shipped over. Uh, she painted it, she spent hours and hours and hours, and it's just that Jews, non-Jews alike, they all come around it to take pictures of it during the Hanukkah season. And then we invite, you know, we invite uh, dignitaries and whatnot to come. And we always have one night of, you know, we haven't done it in the last two years. We're hopefully doing it this year because of Corona, but uh, we've, uh, you know, music, latkes, face painting. We had, the, we had the fireworks that year. We decided to go all out. And uh, we have, it, it, it's, it's a seasonal city. So Cabo, sometimes depending on what time of year it is, and we'll, it will have a lot of people or we'll have a couple of people. This year, it's going to be a little earlier. Hanukkah is coming out right after Thanksgiving. So there's a little le less tourism uh, than at the end of December, early January. You come at the end of December, we can have seven, 800 people around the menorah. But this year, we're expecting about two or 300 to be there. And um you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to make it shine. We're, we're doing a Hanukkah parade this year. Every year we tried to go a little bit farther and farther. We're going to do a whole Hanukkah parade this year. We're going to do two places. We're going to have giant menorah lightings. And uh, then we go to people's homes and we have seven yeshiva guys that come down here. So we, uh, we really do our best to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to get, to get the message out as much as we can, especially living in a tourist city. You know, it's not like a consistent city where, you know, if I don't get them this week, I'll catch them next week. 
But yes, if you don't get them this week, you got to wait a whole nother year till these people come back to town. So you really, you have to always be on the ball. You got to always, you know, be, be, be moving and, and, and keeping on top of things because uh, you miss a, you miss an opportunity and it's, it's gone. You know, it doesn't come back again. Incredible. Incredible. Tell us a little bit about the tourism. Uh, it, it sounds like that's a major part of your shlichot, not so much servicing the community, but rather the tourist community. Tell us who do you, who comes and how do you service them? So, so primarily we have, we have West Coast Jews, well, West Coast people that come visit. It's a two-hour flight from LA, two hours from Phoenix, from Houston, from, you know, so we get all that, that crowd. It's very easy for them to fly down and we get a lot of West Coasters. It's a little rarer that we get East Coasters. But uh, we, have a, we have a small local Jewish community, about 150 Jews that live here. And then we have the tourists. And, you know, tourism is always, it's up to the, it's always seasonal. It's ups and downs. And, and we, you know, as the years progress, the, upper, the ups get upper and the downs get downer. And so we've had, you know, my, my year consists of uh, a, a couple of weeks a year. I turn to my wife. I'm like, you know, honey, this is, this is amazing. You know, a couple more weeks, we're going to be able to buy a house. You know, and like, it's, it's really this season. How do we not have two more workers in the Chabad? I, I just can't do all the work. There's so much to do. And then, you know, three weeks later, me and my wife are sitting around twiddling our thumbs and we're like, oh, okay, forget that house idea. For, you know, just nothing going on for the next month and a half. So it, it, it's, it, it plays with your, the first few years were so difficult and just so stressful because you, 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 one week it's amazing and the next week it's terrible and back to amazing. And it takes a few years until you, you know, you prepare yourself, you know, when to anticipate busy weeks and then when not. It makes it difficult as, as a shlichut, as running a Chabad house, because, you know, our consistent, our community, they, they get my attention a few weeks. And then all of a sudden there's an influx of tourism and I ignore them for three weeks. And then I'm back to them. Okay, let's start up our classes again. Let's start up the minion again, whatever it is. And, and it, it's, it's not like, a, you know, where every week, Monday at 8.30, we have this class and it's consistent. We do have a few things, but, but, for, but I'm, I'm always prone to be distracted when it's, when it's a busy week. And it makes things challenging to adapt to. It was, it, was, it, was, it was a challenge adapting to it. And again, like I said, it, it, the ups get upper and the downs get downer. So whatever I had last year, I thought I'm used to it, but this year it's going to be even crazier. And so, so it, 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 like, you can look at it as exciting, I guess, but uh, it's definitely challenging. Wow. And it goes together. You find the excitement yes. in the challenge, Rabbi Benny. And, and that's exactly. definitely you share with the world because the world over does uh, get to see, gets a glimpse into your activities. Let's, let's take out another, uh, another video here from your YouTube channel and see, Rabbi Benny mentioned, you mentioned about the music. And I think that's one thing that Rabbi Benny has a, a great talent. He plays guitar. <laughs> and I, I caught this video here, just a, a 20 second video. I thought it was brilliant and uh, such a good idea. And this is just rolling with the punches, as Rabbi Benny said. And and um, bringing joy to an otherwise, I guess, challenging uh, location. So here it is, just a 20 second with a little, oh, okay, with a little bit of a... If you do it every morning, it will eliminate this. type 2 diabetes. All right, there we go. Check this out. This is a Rosh Chodesh davening in Mexico with the Chazen Rabbi Benny on a guitar. <laughs> Beautiful. So you have there a, a, a little bit of a glimpse. Whoops, let's stop and share. 
of uh, Rabbi Benny behind his guitar, uh, rolling with the punches. You're in Mexico, but you're not giving up on that joy, on that Jewish pride, and you pull out your guitar, leading the services. I think we we could do we we could do that here in Montreal. We could learn from you, and uh, definitely uh, the hilarious Dvar Torahs that you share. Um, so something everyone should take a look at Benny Hershkowitz's uh, YouTube channel. So much to gain from there. So let's let, let's go back a little bit. You talked about bringing in kosher food uh, for the at the beginning with the with the chicken, and you weren't sure uh, it was expensive, and you bring it over. How do you uh, keep up kosher food in Los Cabos uh, for yourself, for your community, and for the tourists? Uh, is there any way that if we're going to come, because after this, I think everyone's on their way to Los Cabos, uh, we want to know what can we expect with uh, in regards to kosher food. So the uh, I, I know it doesn't look like uh, like I'm lacking in kosher food. People look at me and they tend to make that assumption immediately that kosher food is readily available in Cabo in abundance. Um, I'm not I'm not I'm not that skinny, but uh, but uh, kosher food is is uh, you know what it's um, we we adapted and changed a little bit. My kids we don't we don't have these a lot of the processed foods. I remember the first time or a couple of years into Cabo, I brought my kids to Crown Heights and we woke up in the morning and we're walking to 770 and the ice cream truck passes by. And I remember I got this like, okay, I'm going to show my kids something they've been missing their whole life. So I, I flagged down the ice cream truck. I, I was probably their best customer the whole day. I stepped out of that ice cream truck with four cones, you know, six cotton candies, a bag of popcorn, a whole bunch of chocolate bars. <laughs> And I'm like, kids, this is what you've been missing. And my kids took a taste of the cotton candy and they, had, they, they didn't like the food. I was walking up and down Kingston, handing out free nosh to these Crown Heitzers. And I just, you know, I realized my kids are, you know, thank God. They, they, it, it, these are the little blessings that come with living in these remote places where our food, you know, our chocolate cake is homemade. And our, our, all the food is homemade, challahs to bread. We recently started finding kosher bread in Walmart, which is really amazing. And I remember a couple of years ago, Costco, I, I walked into Costco. They have a Costco here, surprisingly. It's not that hard living here. And uh, the manager came up to me and he's, Rabbi, he's like, I got to take you. We, we got kosher cheese. And I showed up, he shows me the fridge and there's a whole bunch of Chalav Yisrael kosher mozzarella cheese. And I'm like, well, this is amazing. Like, uh, you know, Costco every so often, because we're the end of the world. So every so often they get these like, they get these fluke pallets of like some kosher pizza dough. Or they once had OU like Franks and Blanks that are kosher in the freezer. And like, it's just like a fluke. It happens once and they never get it again. So I say to the manager, I'm like, is this like a fluke or is this from now on? You're going to be selling this. So the manager tells me, he's like, uh, well, tell your community that, you know, start buying kosher food, the, the cheese, and we'll keep bringing it in. So now, again, I, I, I say I have a community of 150 Jews, but, you know, they, they're not, they may, not, 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 not risking talking badly about them, but kosher food is not their forte as of yet. So I remember calling my wife and I'm like, okay, Sonia, this is, we have kosher cheese. We better like buy like 40 bags because we're never going to see this again. And uh, it's been like eight years. They've, they're bringing in kosher cheese. And now they have, co a, a line, they have a kosher cold cuts in Costco. And it's just incredible. There's another store that started selling kosher, you know, kosher 
proteins, kosher meat, which is disgusting, by the way, but it's kosher meat nonetheless. So we, 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 we survive. We bring in, we have two or three of these huge chest freezers, and they're filled to the brim with ribeye steaks, with ground beef, with chicken breasts, with chicken legs, you know, with the whole thing. And we have a catering that we, that we operate. Tourists come to town and they order kosher food from us. We're about to open up a dairy restaurant, and there's a, there's a meat restaurant opening up here. So we're really entering into a new phase of, 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 of our community, of the Kaaba Jewish Center. And uh, kosher food will not be a challenge for anybody that comes to town. Incredible. Incredible. Wow. I, I, I thought you were going to say you bought those 40 pallets and eight years later, you still, you still eat <laughs> yeah. that cheese. Uh, no, that cheese lasted like a week. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. So we have what to, uh, we have what to expect coming from, to Los Cabos and actually on your YouTube channel, you do have a video of the up and coming, beautiful Chabad center. Can I, can I show that preview? Absolutely. That, that uh, promo. This is a, a beautiful Chabad center. You would think it's uh, somewhere in Brooklyn. But it's actually in Los Cabos of all places. I have to find that video again. It's gonna, it's gonna come. It's gonna come. And Should then I top. also wanted to uh, see. So you have so much great stuff. Um, here we are. Share the screen. This is the up and coming Cabo Jewish Center. Check this out. This is not the YouTube uh, pro, uh, preview. This is it. <laughs> Jewish center. It looks like outdoors, indoors. You have a, a uh, mikvah, beautiful mikvah, the state of the arts. Wow. It's like you have uh, hotel rooms going on, the kosher food over here. <laughs> Quite the place. Amazing. JewishCabo.org. Wow, Rabbi Benny, tell us how did this come about? What what uh, brought to such a beautiful, beautiful Jewish center in Cabos? So I, I don't really take credit for that building, <laughs> but uh, but uh, it was it was nine years ago, and we did a we did our Hanukkah event. Well, it goes back about ten years ago, um, ten or eleven years ago. We had a Yom Kippur, and uh, somebody called me from one of the expensive developments here where people have second homes. And they told me there's a fellow called Dr. Raymond Skenazi that's going to be coming to us for Kol Nidre. So, okay, you know, all right, wonderful. We, we, we definitely have space. Um, and uh, he shows up and we have a nice little conversation. And I remember in my mind, I found it fascinating that he was an Egyptian Sephardic Jew with the last name of Skenazi. I know that a lot of Sephardim have the last name Ashkenazi, but for me, it, it, it stood out. His last name was Ashkenazi and he's a Sephardic Jew. Interesting guy. And a year and a half later, we did Hanukkah on the marina, like I said, with the big giant menorah. We had the representative from the mayor's office was there, and um, it was a beautiful success. And the next day, I get a call from one of our board members, and he says, uh, Rabbi, do you remember this guy, Raymond Skenazi? And I say, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, a couple of years back, Yom Kippur, yeah, how is he? says, do you know he was at your Hanukkah event last night? I said, I had no idea. That's wonderful. Good to know. He says, yeah, he was so impressed with what happened 
that he's given a million dollars to Hillel in Atlanta, where he lives. He's a scientist at Emory University, and he, um, he, he loves Cabo. He wants to spend more time here. He wants to invest in making a permanent Jewish future for this place. So that day, I remember he, he, he sent an $8,000 donation. And for me, that was the biggest donation I ever got. I was there for three, four years. I was just, I was sobbing. I was, you know, in next world. I was in, next, I was in heaven. And, um, and uh, Raymond Skenazi said, start looking for a property. So uh, it took us about two, three years. And we found a, it was, it was, I mean, just the way we found that property, the way the Rebbe handed us this blessing, it was in the center of town, a block away from the marina quiet, serene, away from all the noise, but as central as you could ever imagine it to be. Like if you couldn't have picked a more perfect location to make a shul. So the locals are happy and the tourists are happy. And then he went ahead and he built this nine and a half million dollar building. And we just sat back pinching ourselves. And we, we still don't believe it's, we, we still don't believe it. You know, I, I, we, we were, we, Five months ago, we were in this small little apartment, a little two-bedroom apartment running our, well, we had our, we had our two-bedroom apartment as our, a three-bedroom apartment as our home, and we rented a two-bedroom apartment next door as the Chabad house, and we barely filled it up with people, and now we have a shul with, that fits 160 people, and we were barely trying to, you know, we, we still can't get a minion together, but uh, the challenge has, 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 has changed, so now okay. we're, we're trying to stand up to that challenge and somehow fill up the room, so, uh, you know. We like, we make the mechitza extra thick. So it takes more space in the shul, you know, and stick a couple of dolls over there, but uh, somehow we <laughs> will make it work. Incredible. Well, we're all coming to join you, Rabbi Benny. So maybe, I don't know if you'll have any more space. Let's wow. Hope. What a story. What a beautiful you, you, story. You, you can bring up to 150 people. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, anybody that wants to join me better uh, book your tickets now, because I think it's going to fill up real fast. What an incredible story. And that really actually shares with us the, the ripple effect of mitzvahs, you know, from just joining an minion for the Kol Nidre and just showing that love and, and, and the brotherhood, it inspired him to come back for a Hanukkah mitzvah and then to build a shul. And how many more mitzvahs are going to come from this story of just one mitzvah? It's, it definitely inspires us to grow in our own mitzvahs and see the ripple effect that can come out from just one mitzvah that we do. I wanted to uh, end off our main interview, and then I'll open up for questions, Rabbi Benny, if you have the time. Uh, thank you so much. There's a, a, you mentioned the Ashkenaz, Mr. Ashkenazi, that's a Sephardic Jew. And one of the videos that I found on your YouTube to be so beautiful, uh, almost brought me to tears, was a Siyum Sefer Torah, a, a Torah scroll celebration, uh, which happened in Mexico. Uh, and it's actually a Sephardic Torah scroll different than the Ashkenazic Torah scrolls, which I'm used to at least. It's a beautiful Sephardic Torah scroll. And the video just brings out so much Jewish pride in the streets of Los Cabos, Mexico. I I'd love to share it. It's a, it's a few minute video. And then I'd love to hear just the, the story behind it. And then we'll open up, open up for questions uh, if that's okay. So here we are. Um, gonna sh sh share the screen. Just pull up the video here. <laughs> Rabbi Benny, I'll, I also wanted to share with everybody your your you have a a, a fantastic quarantine song. Oh my god! I loved. I listened. I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> uh, but I, I might just have to put that out there for people to actually visit your YouTube channel on their own. There's a brilliant three minute YouTube uh, uh, quarantine song, which is just amazing, uh, featuring Rabbi Benny's 
children. Uh, so it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful video with Rabbi Benny's vocals and the guitar playing, I guess. Uh, definitely something to check out Rabbi Benny, Benny Hershkowitz's YouTube channel. Here we are. Going to share the screen here. Um, this is a Safer Torah dedication in the heart of Cabo or uh, Las Cabos. Here we are. Here you see the actual scroll before it has the, the sticks, the it's chayim that we hold it with. Fascinating way you might be able to catch the scribe actually throwing the it's Chayim, the sticks to the Torah scroll. Our very own Rabbi Benny. Finishing off writing the Torah scroll, finishing the last few letters. When we stood around Mount Sinai and God gave us the Torah over 3,300 years ago. Putting the scroll into the beautiful casing. The Sephardic Torah scroll. Into the streets. Look at this. What a beautiful display of Jewish pride. Beautiful streets of Las Cabos, Mexico. Dancing with the Torah. Entering into the synagogue, festivities continue in the synagogue. Look at the joy. Beautiful. Wow, wow, wow. 
Incredible, incredible. So tell us a little bit about that, that the Sephardic Torah scroll celebration in Mexico. That's the only type of Torah we have here, our two Sephardic Torahs. And every so often we get those Ashkenazi guys that have to make a comment, you know, where's your Ashkenazi Torah? So <laughs> they always get quiet when I tell them, you know, we're waiting for someone to sponsor it. But, uh, you know, one day, one day they'll come along. Uh, that was a couple of years ago on Shavuot. We had uh, one of our, our dear Sephardic uh, businessmen here, who's a really good businessman here, very successful. And he decided he wanted to sponsor a Torah for our community. And that was, uh, it, was uh, it was definitely a pivotal, a very historic moment for us. And uh, I just remember getting on the phone with the sofa with the scribe out in New York. And, you know, he gave us the price for the Torah. And then this Israeli businessman, he's like, give me the phone. Give me the phone. He takes the phone. He starts trying to, you know, bargain down the price on a Torah. I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Don't this can't be happening. You know, bargain on anything else, not on the Torah. Anyways, somehow he was successful and he got it down to the price he wanted. And uh, <laughs> then we had a beautiful, beautiful uh, Torah dedication ceremony, and we've been using it, you know, almost every Shabbat whenever there's a minion, and uh, it's, it's really, really special, and we're waiting to fill up. Now we have an ark that holds some, like, 15, 20 Torahs, so now, again, we have another fire burning under us to get some more Torahs to fill it up. Incredible, incredible. Yeah. One thing that definitely I walk away with, Rabbi Benny, is you, you don't just roll with the punches, you're dancing with the punches, and you're... <laughs> That's a, what an incredible message that we <laughs> can all God. take away with here in Montreal. We, we don't have the same challenges necessarily as you do with the lack of a Jewish community or, you know, and, and nevertheless, that, that, that pride, the Jewish pride, the Jewish celebration, the joy, the happiness, you know, strumming at the guitar with the Jewish songs uh, is, is such an inspiration for all of us and all the mitzvahs that are going on in Los Cabos, Mexico, of all places. I'm going to open up uh, for questions. Uh, I want to encourage everybody to check out Benny Hershkowitz's that's just what your YouTube channel is called, Rabbi Benny. But Benny Hershkovitz, uh, maybe Benny, if you don't mind, just just uh, typing it out on the chat. Sure. Uh, maybe if there's a direct link <laughs> or something, um, so everyone has to spell Hershkovitz right. There's different ways to spell Let's that. See, yeah. I, just, I, I had that challenge myself. Um, but Hershkovitz. You can just search Jewish Cabo. Jewish Cabo. I believe Jewish Cabo works. And you can find all these videos and and oh. and, and pictures of Jewish life in. Las Cabos, Mexico, there's a video there of a man putting on fill on a boat. I'd, I'd love to hear that story, but we don't have time. Uh, there's the quarantine song, which is incredible, featuring your kids. There's all those weekly Torah portions of our Torahs uh, that are so hilarious. So much to learn from Las Cabos, Mexico. I encourage everyone to check it out. There's a lot of questions on the chat. Uh, let's, let's run through them, and then we'll open up the mics uh, if anybody would like to question on for themselves. Uh, we have here... Um, uh, we have here from Davida. Uh, has anyone from the first time you came converted or increased into Shuva from then till now? Yes, the answer is yes. We've had a few people that converted, although converting in Cabo is, is very difficult. Like we said, it's not an ideal place for a Jewish person to live. Um, and we've had a few people that have, you know, that have, that have increased in their observance and they've moved on to Israel or to other communities. Um, it's one of the challenges that we have when I first came, you know, uh, you think that being a Chabad rabbi, my objective is, is that within a couple of months, I want to have everybody wearing kapatas. All right. And, and then you realize that that's not what the Rebbe wanted. The Rebbe wanted everyone to make another push, another little effort, beard, no beard, long payas, no long payas, kippa, no kippa. That's not, we don't have, our, our objective is not a, is not a, is not a, it, it, it's not a, it's not something, it's not a visual change necessarily, but it's something that comes from the inside. It's a real change, little steps, little by little getting closer. And so, uh, 
you know, you, you, you sort of, uh, I had, if you want to call you, I had to lower my standards <laughs> and come to appreciate the little, the little bits that people were doing. And again, it's, it's a tourist city. So you don't always see the, uh, see the changes in people and people come for a couple of months, people might come for a week or two weeks. And one of the, one of the amazing things that we have living in, living here, if I could share it for a second, that's connected with that is I once had a rabbi called me up and he's like, Benny, how did, how did this guy, some guy from his community was in Cabo and I met him on the marina and we put on, you know, we spoke, we chatted. I convinced him to put on film or something. I invited him for Shabbat. He showed up and this rabbi calls me up a week and a half later. He's like, how did he come to shul on Shabbos? What was your secret? I'm like, I don't know. I just told him to come to shul on Shabbos. He's like, the guy doesn't show up to shul on Yom Kippur where we live. How did he come to your shul on Shabbos? And I realized that being in Cabo has, there's something in the air when you're on vacation, when you're in such a far off place, far flung place, you're away from home, you're away from your comforts. And you, 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 you know, you, you all of a sudden you bump into a, a Chabad rabbi right in the middle of Cabo. The first, the first, the most common reaction we get always is there's Chabad in Cabo. Are you serious? You know, so it almost becomes like a tourist attraction. They have to do ATVing. They have to go jet skiing. And you got to check out the synagogue. You have to take a picture of the synagogue in Cabo. Your friends are never going to believe you that you were in Shul on Shabbos. In Cabo, you had some gefilte fish, right? So, so it, it, it becomes something they have to try out. They have to do it. And we get, and, and this guy was like, my, back home, he doesn't show up to Shul on Yom Kippur. And he's in Cabo. He's coming to you for, for gefilte fish on Shabbos. So... You know, I, I, it, it's, it, it's something nice that we have. It's an element that we have that, that we, can, we can touch people. And again, they go back home and I, I, don't know, I don't know what's become of him. I don't know if he's, you know, if he's increased in his observant. I have no idea. But, but these little changes, we get to appreciate that we made a little bit of a dent, a little bit of a, an effect. We planted a little seed within that person and hopefully it's going to blossom into something beautiful. Fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. Well, that's, that's definitely what we love to focus on is, one mitzvah here at the Chabad Zechah Mitzvah Society is the ripple effect and the power of every single mitzvah on its own right uh, and the, the, the eternity that, is, uh, that, how, uh, that every mitzvah has to it. So it's incredible to hear from Las Gabos. Uh, another question here about anti-Semitism. Have you ever encountered an any anti-Semitism? The answer to that is absolutely not. I have not once in 12 and a half years living here, I have not once ever encountered anti-Semitism. The opposite People are welcoming, they're loving, they're respectful. Um, I, I've, I, I've had people come up to me just in awe, asking me to bless them because the Bible says that, you know, the grandchildren of Abraham can bless you. And I, you know, I feel I, I, I'm not that confident yet in my rabbinic position. So I'm always like apologizing to them. I'm also Canadian. So it's like two negatives. So, you know, I'm double <laughs> apologizing to them and they're like, just bless me. Anyways, but uh, you get to you get to appreciate your 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 your. It was a slow process of me getting to appreciate and getting to be confident about the position I, I hold and just being Jewish. The position I hold, not as a rabbi, as a Jew, as a as a grandchild of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you know, I I, I know that in Mexico in general there is you know undertones of, of anti-Semitism. It's a very Catholic country. There's a lot of ignorance, and you you know those those the stereotypes of those Catholic priests that preach anti-Semitic messages to these to. The ignorant folk it does exist in certain places in mexico but cabo is a very very new city they don't have they're not steeped in much culture and and it's and it's a tourist city so people come here they just want to make a couple of bucks they're usually not very religious 
and um, the opposite, you know, I, they, they, I, I play into the stereotype that if they hook up with the rabbi, they're going to be rich, you know, because he has all the Jews, the Jews have the money. So <laughs> connect with Rabbi Benny and he'll take good care of you. And, you know, a couple of months later, they realize it's not so <laughs> I don't have those type of connections. <laughs> but uh, but nonetheless, I've never, ever had any any anti-Semitism. And it's, it's it's been such a we're so grateful to the country of Mexico and to this place where we live to be so blessed with, uh, you know, with 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 so much acceptance. Beautiful, beautiful, amazing. Uh, Herschel Howard is asking, who are the Jews who live in Cabos permanently? Are many of them Mexicans? Uh, we have a mix. We have Mexicans, we have Canadians, we have Americans, we have Israelis, we have uh, Argentinians, Europeans. It's a nice blend of everybody that somehow comes down here. Uh, most of them are Americans. And then we have a handful of, of Mexicans that are here with their families now. And, uh, and uh, you know, we cater to them all. Again, we have times when we, when I focus on the community and my, my, Shabbat, my Shabbat page announcements, for example, I have to do it in Hebrew, English, and Spanish. I have a class once a week on Torah in Spanish. I have a class in English. I have a class in Hebrew because if I only do one, I'm going to offend two-thirds of the rest of the congregation of the community. So we have to adapt to everybody. And thank God we, uh, you know, we, we got it going on. Incredible. So you speak a fluent Spanish. I don't want to say fluent, but, uh, you know, I get by. <laughs> Amazing. And that, that, yes. did, that didn't happen before you came to Mexico. Uh, you didn't grow up with uh, Spanish uh, in school. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, not, not in my community. Wow. Wow. Okay. Just to, we'll take three more questions here from the chat. And then if anybody wants to ask on the actual Zoom, they're more than welcome to. Uh, lots of questions here. Do you have a weekly minion? So we just started. We had an Israeli guy that came a few weeks ago and he comes to me and he's like, Rabbi, we got to start a Monday and Thursday minion. We got to start daily minions. I was like, I don't know. People don't show up. So this Israeli guy, bless him. He, he started a WhatsApp group and he's schlepping guys, which is amazing because then I don't look bad. You know, people come in. They're so angry at eight o'clock in the morning. We schlep them out of bed. And it's all, you know, go to the tunnel. He did it. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's fantastic. And when they, they come and they're doing breakfasts and we're having Mexican breakfast on Monday, Israeli breakfast on Thursday. I was just at the, at the convention. So when I was in New York, I went, I bought a whole bunch of cream cheese and bagels. And then we just had an American breakfast, bagels and locks. And, you know, people show up because they want the, it's all exciting and we have a so we're we we feel ourselves growing and we now we have a monday thursday and shabbat minion and uh it's from there we're 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 we're, we're getting together a core of guys that are going to help us you know make a daily minion here amazing uh aliyah is asking have you celebrated any weddings destination weddings lots of them lots of them a couple of locals and then we have uh uh, every, 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 every week I'm getting two or three requests for destination weddings as a Chabad rabbi. Most of them are on Shabbat. So that doesn't work for me. And, um, you know, Fridays or Shabbat, but uh, we, you know, under, under circumstances, we can definitely do it. And it's a beautiful place to do it. Of course. Now, mm -hmm. now at the shul, we have, we have actually, we actually have a wedding hall upstairs, an outdoor wedding, you know, patio for Simchas. So uh, we've done a couple of weddings up there, which are, which are just absolutely spectacular. The weddings are outdoors under the sky. It's beautiful. Wow. Wow. Well, there's uh, here the Pesach is asking, can we book a room for Hanukkah? Look at that. Benny, <laughs> you, you convinced us. You took us. I don't know, Rabbi Pesach. We'll have to do some background <laughs> checks, you know, <laughs> of course. If you, if you bring us some latkes from Montreal, we need, we need some cheskis. You, you have to bring us a couple of cheskis pastries and you're in. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Fantastic. I'm going to open up the mics. Uh, if anybody wants to ask Rabbi Benny, the Chabad Rabbi, the hilarious Chabad Rabbi, again, please check out his YouTube channel. Um, I grew up with them. And uh, you want to ask any questions about Jewish life or anything else in 
Las Cabos of Herschel here has a question. Go ahead, Herschel. Howard. I wanted to know if you get cyclones there, big storms. We do. We get every, every year we have from August to October time where we all brace ourselves because storms start coming through. The water gets warm and it brings storms. Uh, seven years back, we had a huge hurricane that decimated Cabo for seven or eight months. It just shut down. And uh, thank God we didn't get that much damage, but we got badly damaged because tourism shut down for seven months. So we really had to sort of huddle together and survive those few months of, of, of nothing. Um, the past few years have been nice to us. This past, you know, you, you're always braces of an as it gets hotter and hotter and warmer and the water gets warmer, everyone's worried and nervous. And uh, thank God, I think the hurricane season pretty much passed us by. And we're now in early November. We feel the breeze start blowing again. Air conditionings can start going off. We open up the windows. There's a beautiful breeze. And we're probably not going to see rain until next year, mid-August. So that's, uh, we, Cabo gets rain, I think it's six or seven days on average a year. And it's always usually between August and, 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 and October time. Is it expensive there? Expensive? Compared to the States, it's cheap, but compared to the rest of Mexico, it's expensive. So uh, people come here and they're always fetching about how expensive it is. Some things are, are just, just aggravate me to no end. Uh, tourists come here and they get ripped off to no end. And it's, it, 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 it's, one of the, it's one of my pet peeves, watching Jewish people come mm. and they spend the money on, on a boat when I, when I got it for less than a third of what they paid. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it is cheaper than, than, than if someone was in the States or Canada, some of these, you know, some of these things. But, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, it's got to adapt to it. All right. Yair, Yair, our, look at that. How are you, Yair? Yair, Yair is from Mexico. Now oh, nice. he's, a, he's on, uh, he's God's ambassador to Minnesota. Wait, I'm not from, I'm not from Mexico. Yair's not from Mexico. Look at that. No, he's I'm from going Minnesota. To Mexico. <laughs> Yair, go ahead. All right. Um, Rabbi, so my question is, what advice do you have for rabbis who are starting in in a place where Jews are, you know, how he put it, the Shabbos was undercover, you know, where Jews don't have like a big presence and are, you know, in hiding, you know, we're like, we, we don't announce here in Minnesota, our thing is like, our Jews, we don't, we don't wear kippahs, we don't, like, we're, we look like goys, like legit. <laughs> so what advice do you have for a rabbi from New York who is used to, you know, the livelihood of, you know, seeing uh, people in capotas and all that stuff. And, you know, when he's just starting, not even getting a minion, you know, it's only him and me and that's it. You know, it's only the two of us. So I, know, I, 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 I don't know what life is like in Minnesota, but for me, my yarmulke, my capota, my tzitzis and my talus, it's free advertising. I walk down the street and the Jews come out of the woodwork. They have to say something to me. Either, either it's a good word or it's a bad word. But as soon as the word comes out, they're, they're, they're caught. Now I know who they are. And now there's no running away. I'm following them home and, and I'm going to get them. So, <laughs> so the best thing you can do is walk around with a yarmulke. Just walk around and, and, and say good morning to people. And these Jews, they come out of the cracks, man. They can't. When you see a nice Jewish rabbi walking down the street and, and on, on, you know, everyone else is covered. You got, you got to say something. You can't just walk by and not do nothing. So, <laughs> so for me, just walking around was, is, 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 is amazing. Every, every time I walk around outside, I meet people, um, it, they're conversation starters. And especially if they're Jewish, you throw out a little oive in the conversation and you watch their reaction and you got them. That's it. They're, they're, they're locked in. And then you invite them for a Shabbos and 
again, there's uh, there's there, there's it, it, I, I'm, I'm assuming Minnesota is a little different than Cabo here. It's it's warm weather. There's no yeah. snow. People are, you know, walking down the marina casually with not a care in the world. They don't have anywhere to run to and they're enjoying the weather and they have they have the half hour that they can stop on the street and talk to you. I'm assuming in Minnesota, they're just running to get indoors. <laughs> yeah, because oh. it's, it's a suburb. Let's be honest, like it's right. a suburb. So you, you drive, you go to work, you come home and that's it. You know, that's a right. livelihood, you know. Right. But like, like I said to the guy, you know, he's like, you guys are very undercover. I'm like, yeah, dude, like, this is this is how we are. Like, that's like, we don't like to announce that we're Jews. Uh, you know, it's like, that's the Minnesota mentality, you know, because like, there's well. so much anti-Semitism. It's not, you know, we're not very open, you know, we're very secretive. But like, right. I, I believe, like, I, like I told him, like, if we keep on showing our presence, like, uh, we're going to have some luck, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you got you, you to gotta get out there a little bit. You got to get out there and getting out there is risky. I don't, I don't, I don't know the risks in different places, but, uh, you know, by us, we, uh, we, uh, we, 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 we try to be as out there as possible with, with, without ruffling any, anyone's feathers without uh, hurting anybody's feelings and, and, and only giving love. And, and, and we're here only to help. We're not here to, uh, to bother anybody, of course. Yes. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a balance of respect of others. So they respect mm. you back, but, but not shame, not being ashamed. We, we, we have, we, we are the gift to the world. We're grandchildren of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know, and it's, it's, it's something for us to, I don't know how it is in Minnesota again, but here it's, 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 it's very, very special being able to walk around with that knowledge and, and the people notice it as well. The people see it as well. Mm. Beautiful. And, here, I'm going to, I'm going to have to cut yeah. this down because it, 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 it is time to say goodbye. Uh, but Yair, I'm going to send you Rabbi Benny's uh, contact so you can contact him. Great guy to be in touch with, especially if you're starting out a, a Jewish community in, uh, in Minnesota together with the Shliach there who's just starting out. Rabbi Benny is definitely someone to learn from is starting out in small remote communities. So I'll give you, I'll send you his contact uh, for anybody yeah, else for that sure. wants to get more information, there's jewishcabo.org, I saw, .org? .org, that's our .org. new website, yep. I put on the, uh, I put also on the chat here, his, uh, Benny Hershkowitz's YouTube uh, page. Uh, thank you so much, Rabbi Benny. This was an incredible stop on our Zooming Around the World, uh, seeing Jewish pride and joy and just laughter in the streets of Las Cabos, Mexico. I think we've got lots of visitors coming your way. Absolute uh, pleasure. There was a question about Corona. So uh, Mexico, if people are going to bring money to Mexico, there's no Corona. If people are not coming, then there's a lot of Corona. No, the numbers have been down recently. So, so they've opened up actually. Cabo has opened up. Most of the people here are vaccinated, but uh, you know, everyone's careful. They're more careful here than they are in the States. I'm not sure about Canada. It's, it's just about the same as Canada, I would think, but uh, it's a tourist city. So they're not, they're not restricting people from coming in. They allow people to come in. All righty. Signing yeah. off here. Thank you again, Rabbi Benny.